Boxcutters apologises for the sound quality of this episode. Do not take Boxcutters orally. Boxcutters. Boxcutters. Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 127. Comeback TV! My name is Josh Canal. To my left, Ms. Anna Brain. Hello. And to my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. I, I, I realise that, I, you know, I usually call Ross Mr. And uh, I had no idea if you wanted to be Ms. or Miss or Ms. Sheila. The uh, Divine. I- the divine. Could I be that? You can You can be the divine Anna Brain if you let's, want. Let's go with that. All right. I'll try, you know. See how long it lasts. I'll, I'll try not to sound too camp when I say it as well <laughs> and, uh, and and see how, how we go from there. Got a big episode of Box Cutters ahead. Of course, we welcome Anna Brain filling in for Ross McQueen, who is waiting patiently on a baby. And I don't mean like he's bringing the baby, you know, drinks and, and, and then and then dinner. Uh, no, he's waiting for a baby to be born. Uh, so hopefully uh, that's happening as we speak. Let's let's hope so. Mm. But in box cutters, James Talia will be joining us. Our very own un-Australian correspondent, all the way from London Town. He'll uh, he'll be joining us on the phone later on in the show. We're going to talk about Logies. Logies nominations came out this week, this morning as we record this, uh, so Monday morning. So we'll be talking about the Logie noms and seeing what is and isn't deserving on our judgment. They're big and ugly and gold, but we have to talk about them. Yeah, you're talking about the the Logies themselves or the the nominees? (laughs) Both. I'm talking about the Logies in general. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, we've got the uh, the box cutters quiz. Mm, very interesting. Mm. Very interesting. The box cutters quiz. Two parter. It is. Well, see, you've just spoiled it. <laughs> you, what are you doing? I don't know. What? What? You've just spoiled it. You've just spoiled if it. If you just let my comment go, I can't they let wouldn't have any, actually understood. I can't let any of your comments go, Brett. You know that. <laughs> I can't let any of your comments go. Uh, we've also got a whole bunch of pork, but. To kick things off, as we always do, here's the Box Cutters News. And now for the news. Oh yeah, we, we, we run a tight ship here, Anna. A tight ship. Or planned that. down to the last, very last you sh- second. You should have seen her eyebrows raise <laughs> when we did some on-the-fly production. You looked like you were about to walk out the door. <laughs> Just, oh. That wouldn't be the first time. Oh. Yeah, I'm working with professionals, clearly. That was the look on your face. Brett Cropley, what have you got for us in the news? Brecky Central, Channel 7 Sunrise programs in uh, a spot of bother at the moment. In fact, some are saying full damage control over uh, a couple of things. It's handling of a charity walk uh, connected to Olivia Newton-John and uh, a fundraiser for the Newton-John Cancer and Wellness Centre. Now, this... this uh, uh, this is a story that came out during the week. I think it's a huge beat-up, personally. I can't see that... 
Really? You yeah. think it's a beat up that uh, the network demanded $130,000 to cover the production costs uh, for them to cover the walk along the Great Wall of China? That the story, that one story is that the network demanded those costs and then pulled out and that another story is the network did not demand those costs and said that they would put some of their uh, Chinese Olympic uh, coverage behind it. And uh, and and do some work that way. There there are two sides to this story, and it really sounds like, uh, to me, it sounds like it, it came out and, and was leaked uh, because someone wanted to make Channel Seven look really really bad. I don't know who. I don't know who would want to make Channel Seven look bad. <laughs> but uh, that's that's what it sounds like to me. It doesn't sound like you're insinuating anybody at all. No, no one. Um, also, uh, if if you were to, to ask me in German. Am I insinuating that anyone would do this? I, I would say nine. <laughs> <laughs> but give us some of the details. Uh, well, they were going to uh, cover the 228-kilometre charity walk uh, with Monique Wright uh, for the benefits. And um, apparently Sunrise uh, kind of flip-flopped a little bit and then the charity started speaking to some other uh, news organisations, uh, other TV channels yeah, to so see this what is, they could arrange. This is uh, interesting, I, I think not because it's an Olivia Newton-John thing, but I think it's because, you know, like Whoopi Goldberg and Bono are also doing the walk or, you know, some ridiculous big names, Ron Howard and uh, and, and, uh, and and Mr. Cunningham uh, are going to be doing – you know, pe- people have, have gone, ah, yes, a walk in China. To... I think that's why people are upset about this, not because it's Olivia Newton-John, not because uh, Channel 7 supposedly demanded $130,000 from a charity – but that people are fed up with other people attacking China at the moment? Or what are you saying? No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying that, uh, that because there are some really big name celebrities attached to this walk, people are making a bigger deal of it than, uh, than it really should be. Uh-huh. Have they really got those big names? I've heard of... Jimmy Barnes is... Uh, Australian Idol types. Um, someone who suffered from the kind of cancer they might be walking to help. What are they walking for? Uh, fit fitness. Oh, uh, just a, a leisurely stroll. <laughs> Something to do? <laughs> no, no, I think, I think, I think it's uh, breast cancer. I think that, that's right. They're walking for a, a breast cancer. Maybe a, there's a famous local sufferer of... Well, Olivia Newton-John's Les- a survivor. I, I believe she's an organiser, isn't she? Yes, well, it's, but it's also her, a survivor and of a, breast oh, cancer. And she's a survivor, yep. I haven't heard any big Bonos or Whoopi Goldbergs. So that's, we've this. got Ian Thorpe, Joan Rivers. Joan, oh, Joan Rivers, Joan hello. Rivers. Yeah, yeah, she's uh, the Bono of comedy. I stand corrected. <laughs> See, Joan Rivers is only going to do it because they promised that, yes, there would be a walk along the, uh, the the Great Wall of China, but it would be a red carpet walk on the Great Wall of China. <laughs> and there'll be vodka at the end. Nice. There's also concerns at uh, Brecky Central about the ratings uh, after last week. The Today Show got a half-hour jump on the show and uh, what that's going to mean as... We go forward from that development. And also uh, a bit of a deal that may have compromised Seven's impartiality uh, that they've done with McDonald's. Oh, really? Mm. Please Um, explain. Well, one of the Seven staffers has said, we've kind of sold our soul a bit. Uh, Basically, McDonald's have set up a cafe to uh, provide the green room hospitality, giving uh, waiting stars lots of coffee. 
Um, apparently, it's believed much of the initial anger has now subsided because of the multitude of free coffee. <laughs> <laughs> but it's McDonald's coffee. Okay, and have you tried McDonald's it? Coffee. No, I, I hate. They have actually put a barista. I, I in. hate, hate, hate to say it, but I've had one in. You know, it was a country drive. Yep. I was desperate. It was hard times. I needed coffee. I've had one, and it was all right. Because the the last time I had McDonald's coffee, the last time I had any, any McDonald's was uh, 1996, and yeah, way out of uh, touch. And back then it was just black hot. That It shouldn't have been called coffee. It should have just been called black hot. Look, I don't want to be sitting in here. the filter pot for yeah, yeah, yeah. overnight. Yeah. I don't want to sit here and defend McDonald's. But the fact That's of the matter is like I've had a McDonald's it. coffee in the last year and it was all right. So I guess I've sold a bit of my soul as well. The rest of the menu? No, nah, I wouldn't are bother. You, are you I'm loving not, it? I'm not loving it. <laughs> <laughs> Coffee's enough. Anna, tell us uh, something about uh, the world of television all this right. week. I have some ratings news for you. Apparently, 1.5 million people tuned into Home and Away last week to say goodbye to Sally. Bye, Sally. Bye. Do you think uh, I got my goodbyes done uh, at the beginning of last year? So, I was do, like, do you have the numbers for for uh, the number of people who uh, who tuned in to say goodbye to Harold from Neighbours? Nah. Right. I doubt it would be as many as for Sally. Has Harold left Neighbours? Yeah, yeah. Last week. Are you serious? Yeah. Where was I? It was I? last week. Really? Yeah, last week. For good. Yeah, well... Mm. See, I would have watched. I would have well, said goodbye to Harold. I'm not going to say goodbye. He'll turn up every now and then. He didn't get wiped out in a fiery ball of... Well, neither death. did Sally. She just took a... Apparently, she packed up a couple of kids and left. Yeah. Really? But, you know, Sally, Sally's got places to be and uh, people to do. Well, as Harold, if she won't be back Harold every six months. Harold just you know... Harold, I, I think... Can, can, I, think, I, can I tell you a sad could, Harold story? Because I oh, saw yeah, him ahead. in the street once and I couldn't help it. I walked towards him and said, Harold. And, and, and what did he say? Because <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's what Harold would do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he would. He, he would. I could see him doing that. Anyways. Uh, no, I, but why is, that, uh, why is that sad? That's, that's it's sad, sad about you. Because you couldn't, you couldn't so distinguish tonight, reality from television. Yeah, that, that is the concern. Because it's, it's, like, it's, it's Harold, though. Like, it's not Jackie Chan. I just keep saying that. It's Harold. Right. So, Harold... Of, my understanding from watching the the last thirty seconds of that episode of Neighbours because it preceded uh, that evening's Fattest Loser mm-hmm. uh, is that Harold just left in a camper van, mm. just went. Oh, you it's know become what? Become a grey nomad. Yeah, yeah. I can have uh, I can have neighbours wherever I go. Was uh, was was his understanding? So he's, he's just gone. But word is that he will be coming back from time to time. Okay. Uh, and Sally, they didn't kill. Which uh, I, I'm. Uh, a, because yeah. she'll be back. So her last episode was on last Friday? Thursday. Thursday. It was uh, okay, Thursday, so, I think. Because I, I did catch the end of it because, of course, it I ran over so. uh, as I was uh, waiting for uh, Ghost Whisperer, which is preceded by something else. <laughs> was, which so Thursday. Yes. 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 Um, but then the promos for the next night seemed to be indicating that she was still around for the Friday night. Don't know because I didn't watch it, but I'm just here to tell you that 1.5 million people did. Yeah, but she has left Mi- Milko in her way. Is is he still around town? Yeah. See, this is this is the thing. Milko suddenly is a real person. Uh-huh. That's just after dumb. ten years. Milko got That's... a picture in uh, in the newspaper. I was reading about it, and Milko was pictured. And this is this is the worst. This is the worst reveal since Snuffleupagus became real. 
exactly what it's, I was thinking. I was so angry about it. Milko was such a great imaginary friend. And I mean, Snuffleupagus was always real. It's just through a, the a series just of kept on missing it. Yeah, yeah, ser- series of very, very frustrating near misses. Uh, no, no one ever, ever saw him. Oh, bird! And uh, and 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 now uh, and now Milko's real as well. It's uh, how, how could he have been in the town all this time and no one's ever known him? No, I think he was in town because I did. So, okay, catch, so you know the story. Bit, what is the a story? A little bit of him kind of turning up. Yeah, he, he just hitchhiked in, hitchhiked into town. I think he might have been with Morag or something, um, <laughs> and uh, got dropped off at the, the town limits. And then it was all dramatic. And then uh, Sally came across his name scratched in the sand. Right. I haven't seen anything mm. between that and her, her kind of walking into the surf, never to be seen again. If you on know, night. <laughs> if you know that the milk, because clearly we're all very uninformed. But if if you out there know the the Milko story in Home and Away, please email us hooray at boxcutters.net, Drop us a line and let us know how the whole thing came to pass. Hooray, boxcutters.net. Put it up in a comment on the blog. Oh, yeah, so do, everybody do that, so can share can... our. our so, so everyone can see. So, uh, what else in the in the ratings, Anna? Well, same amount of people. One and a half million tuned in to watch King Carey hang himself on ABC right. on uh, on the ABC on Monday night. You say that figuratively. I do. Yes, this is uh, that's you... a huge win for uh, for ABC. There's a lot of people yeah, that, watching the ABC. That's good numbers. Did you guys yeah. watch it all? Uh, no, I couldn't care less. Footy confidential. Did you see the wrap up of. Uh, no. Did you see the panel there defending Kerry, basically? I, uh, I found it a little bit Yuck, that disgusting footballer's Like Kerry had a bit of a go, but the other three were... Kerry's a wanker. Sorry. <laughs> no, tell us what you think, Anna. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, one, you know, the same amount of people cared equally about Sally's farewell as and, 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 Wayne, and Carey's Wayne Carey's... Boo-hoo, look at me, I'm a poor drug, alcohol, sodden... You, Days gone footballer. God, I'm so angry I can't speak right now. It was it very <laughs> unconvincing. There, there, were, oh, there were three distinct tears. times where it just seemed he was outright lying. Do you think it was the same people watching, though? Do you think that the same Sally people... Sally and Denton. The same people who are as sentimental about Sally wanted to know all the dirt on Wayne Carey? Apart from the pre-14-year-olds. Who... Which, right. which I think, side did, I think which Home side and Away they... has a lot of those. Oh, okay. Home and Away has... Right. Right. Whereas they wouldn't really remember Carrie as a footballer at all. No. Pre-14-year-olds no. that, that much. Why does that big man have a funny hair thing from those, those shots from the 80s when he had... <laughs> <laughs> in, uh, in, in lighter news, uh, and really that's all I've got is lighter news, uh, the, uh, the, the new Star Wars 30-minute cartoon... Has been launched at the uh, at the, the upfronts of the Cartoon Network so last Thursday. Seven. No, no, no. This is uh, the Clone Wars, Star Wars: The Clone Wars, which George Lucas has uh, been making as an animated series, uh, which will be all about. Are you ready for this? The Clone Wars. Does that make you excited? Uh, y- you know what? It shouldn't, because mm. I I. I saw like a screenshot from it, and I went, "Oh, that looks crap!" and uh, and I, I was really disappointed with the the most recent three Star Wars films. Uh, in, in fact, let's say the most recent four Star Wars films, and uh, and so so I shouldn't be excited by it. But there is some 
tiny 12-year-old nerd inside me that just goes, ooh, I can't wait. So where does that come in the chronology? Is that between three and four? Uh, the Clone Wars is between... Because doesn't four kind of come in at the end of the Clone Wars-ish? Uh, so episode four. Yeah. Episode four is like Empire Wars. Strikes Back. No. So, sorry, hope. episode four is A New Hope. So, yes, before... Uh, this is... that A New Hope is like 20 years after the Clone Wars. Uh, so, yes, this is this is pretty mm. much directly after what we've seen in the movies and we'll start to, to fill the gap. And there Lucas is, would be loving it because he never liked having to work with actors. Yeah. Actually having to tell people what to do. He, he would much rather have everybody digital and just move them about. And so, and so this is what he's got. And that's also what makes me think it's not going to be very good because uh, when... Because he was wrong about his vision for Star Wars. Yeah, well, not, not wrong about his... Well, yes, he was. Yeah. Yes, yeah. he was. And the whole midi-chlorian bullshit. Mitochlorians can get stuffed. That's what I say. So, uh, but anyway, Clone Wars, exciting. So, yes, Anna. Yes, <laughs> I am a little bit excited. <laughs> yes. To, to answer your question. A long answer. Yeah. Good, yeah. Look forward to that. Judge Betty. Uh, Can you please, Judge Betty King. Judge Betty King is uh, back in the news today, having empanelled the jury on the case that uh, the ban over underbelly screening in Victoria was undertaken for um, six men and six women. She uh, had a bit of a talk to them and said the 13-part series was very good. Uh, and that she had struggled to distinguish fact from fiction in the show, uh, obviously justifying why she banned it for Victorian uh, potential jurors. Um, I don't really see why we can't now have like like they could Channel Nine could show five nights a week Underbelly, so that Victoria could catch up. Given that the jurors have been impaneled and they could be instructed not to watch Underbelly, and the rest of us could get on with our lives, unless the the case doesn't work out. Yeah, yeah. and then there's there's an appeal or. Uh, yeah, there's lots of things that could stop Victorians watching Underbelly, Rhett. The court case uh, is concerning a man who cannot be named, uh, who was pleaded not guilty for on charges of murdering Lewis Moran, uh, shot down at the Brunswick Club yes. a number of years ago in 2004. Uh, the... Jury would have realised that the trial was about this case because they'd been given forms that uh, refer to the series as a reason for those seeking to be excused from serving. The uh, the, the thing about uh, Judge Betty King saying I found it very difficult to to separate fact from fiction in the in the show. On the one hand, sounds really really condescending, really condescending. On on the other hand, really Does, doesn't it make it yeah. sound a bit dim? Well. <laughs> I don't know. To, it, to, to me, it's, it sounds like, it, it, on first hearing and thinking about it, it sounded like she was saying, even I found it difficult. That's, that's what it seemed like to me. So that's, that's the condescending way. But then the more I think about it, and, and having seen a, a bit of the series, but not as much as, uh, as the guy who makes my toasted sandwiches in the morning, uh, is, uh, is that, yes, because it's real people, and it's it's a story of real people, uh, and there are aspects made up in the in the the, the show as as it goes on. Uh, it makes me think. Well, 
yes, I don't know which bits really happened, which bits did, didn't really happen. I wasn't there and I don't have uh, all the facts. And I'm sure if I'd read the book, I'd have uh, a lot more facts because that's a, a journalistic account, whereas this is a fictionalization of real-life events. I think, and I think that's what she's getting at. I think that makes perfect sense. Well, she did say that it was inappropriate for anyone who would view the series or read the book uh, to serve as a juror on the case. Yes, but she's not saying she couldn't separate fact from fiction in the book. Okay. Um, she's directed the jury by law not to do research outside this court during the period of the trial. Which uh, would pretty much be life as normal for those jurors, I would think. That's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, again, it's just, it's, it's stuffed in Victoria. Too many people have seen it. Channel 9 aren't going to, aren't going to make much from it. And, uh, yeah, the, they couldn't uh, shut the borders to stop us going over to, uh, have a look at it. Well, they couldn't, over there. speaking of borders, they couldn't get the book out of borders. I don't know why there was really? a suppression order on that. Yeah. twelve ninety five apparently now. It's really, really cut down in price. Mm-hmm. Anna? Knight Rider. Do you have it? Yeah, I can go continue. Because you really should. It's been talked about for a while and it won't be happening for a while because NBC are hesitant to rush into it after what has happened with the bionic woman. And what was the other one they've done recently? Was I don't know if it was NBC or not, the Sarah Connor Chronicles? Yeah, yeah, Sarah Connor Chronicles. Just haven't gone as well as expected, so they're sort of holding back off their next... There we go. Um, I'll stop singing. They're not going to rush into it, so we have to wait. But they've already they've done the telly movie. They, they know that people are interested. But they're not... And it's completely different to Bionic Woman. And in fact, I can even quote uh, someone who is the co-chairman of NBC saying that... They're taking their time. See, I, I, I believe there's also some legal, uh, some negotiating wrangling uh, about how many cheeseburgers David Hasselhoff uh, gets as part of the deal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got that uh, writer of uh, Fast and the Furious, Gary Scott Thompson, is going to serve as uh, executive producer and showrunner. So uh, they have put a, sh- a showrunner uh, up for it and uh, they've made a two-year overall deal with him. Uh, so... Hopefully. I wish they'd and, remake and Magnum. I'd rather see Magnum. They're going to do a movie of Magnum. Are they? Who's with th- Matthew McConaughey. Oh, no. <laughs> and who's going to be Higgins? Tom Selleck could be Higgins. Oh, that'd be great. No, Tom Selleck could never be Higgins. He will always be Magnum. Well, yeah, Matthew McConaughey could never be Magnum. Takes his shirt off a lot. Magnum did that. Yeah, too much. I know. Takes his shirt off in a parody. I'm not now. saying it's right. I'm saying it, it could work. Right. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. So, yeah, so, so Knight Rider, on the one hand, not rushing into it. On the other hand, announcing people who, uh, who are going to do it. And, uh, and, and also Interesting. A, signing a – they've signed a, a series for it. So They've confirmed a series order for, for Knight Rider. So they're definitely doing it. Yep. But they're, but they're not doing it right now. Hoping to learn from the mistakes of previous 80s remakes. By, is my understanding. Well, the thing is, Sarah Connor Chronicles was an 80s remake. It was just... Oh, it was uh, just a spin-off-y kind of... Yeah, and but poorly planned. And the same yeah. same with Bionic Woman. It was just poorly planned. We could poorly see that... Poorly planned because it ran into a 
big fat writer's strike? Or no, poorly <laughs> planned because uh, it was very boring from the start, and uh, and they had no idea where to take the story. And I think that's uh, that, that's a large part of what they need to do with Knight Rider is work out what they're going to do with the story and uh, what they did with the with the telly movie. And we discussed it, I think, last week or the week before. The week before, uh, what they did with the telly movie was just have Knight Rider as it was, and the thing is to do that in a weekly series would be going back to an episodic formula that uh, viewers aren't used to, don't like, or aren't interested in anymore. Uh, and that's not what keeps them tuning in or downloading or uh, keeping an eye on it. So it's going to be interesting to see what yeah, happens. Michael Knight Jr. Can, can have this running theme about trying to find out who set up his old man to get him out of the cockpit of Kit, well, to, yeah, so, so to speak. Th- th- there, is, there is that. Uh, so th- that, you know, that, that seems to be the the pat easy way to go with. Uh, except this. that, except that, I think what they're what they're saying here is that with Bionic Woman, they found that the uh, ongoing storyline didn't work for the genre, uh, but they also know that episodic doesn't work anymore. So what are they going to do? How are they going to do it? I don't know. You don't know. None of us know. They've dug their own grave. Speaking of digging their own graves, uh, CBS have run into trouble that we warned them about after uh, yielding to Nutbar Jericho fans and extending that into a second series. Moonlight fanatics have teamed up with the US Red Cross and online protest site YouChoose.net to plan an America-wide drug, uh, blood drive. Blood drive. Blood it's drive. than a drug drive. Um, <laughs> donating blood in the uh, cause of getting moonlight extended. So, so hang on. What? They're going to they're gonna donate blood to the Red Cross, I'm mm-hmm. guessing, and, and that's somehow supposed to get moonlight to, back to on To pressure air. CBS into uh, continuing on with Moonlight. Apparently, CBS was reportedly planning to renew Moonlight for a second season even before the fan campaign kicked off. Well, what idiots. Mm, yeah. yeah. And you know who's to blame for this? It's it's not the, the Jericho fans. I'm sorry to say, and, and sad to say, it was the Arrested Development fans. Sending bananas, <laughs> Sending bananas to Fox uh, mm. b- back in the day. They started... <laughs> Uh, but then there was also a huge campaign. The Save Angel campaign uh, was was huge, but they didn't have anything but, to send yeah. to the. It was the bananas was that really that, kicked was that off. Just the, a website with a petition. Uh, no, no, it was it was uh, billboards and uh, and uh, huge advertising campaign. People actually donated money rather than uh, just sending nuts or bananas to a network. Because anyone blood. could give blood, but not everyone's got money. Yeah, well, not everyone can give blood. Oh yeah, I okay. think that's. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure they've got the same restrictions about Mad Cow over there. Uh, yeah, I think they have. Probably like, would have if you'd been to the UK. I think the, res- I think the, uh, the Red Cross have restrictions about other things as well. So, yeah, not everyone can give blood, but uh, everyone can send nuts. Send nuts. If you're, if you're a fan of Moonlight, send nuts to CBS. No, send, send nuts here. Nuts. Send, send nuts to, to us. What, what sort of nuts do you like? I feel like some nice macadamia. Pistachios. Some pistachios? Yeah. Send pistachios to hooray at boxcutters.net. <laughs> Lastly in the news, uh, Anna, you've got something about Outrageous Fortune. I have Outrageous Fortune, which you discussed last week being remade. 
Um, apparently, Kristen Bell and Rene Russo uh, have been linked to the project. Right. Kristen Bell is being linked to every single project that's that's coming up at the moment. Yeah, but she has worked, obviously, with Rob Thomas previously. Yes. So it, it could be could be that link. And uh says here, the prospect of Kristen Bell and Rene Russo going toe-to-toe as adversaries or chums. Actually, that tells us nothing. Nothing at all. So she may or may not be. That's, they may or not be. That's great. That's news. That And that is the Box Cutters news. Hi, I'm Tim Ferguson, and I listen, they listen, and you should listen to Box Cutters. They're sharp, they're small, and you can take over your own jumbo jet with them. Box Cutters. And we welcome now to the Box Cutters phone line, for the first time with Anna Brain on panel, James Talia. Good evening. Welcome, Anna. Very nice to hear you there. Thanks. G'day, James. How you all doing? Well, we're all we're all good. Right now, uh, Anna has uh, said to us off air, off air that she wants to start to rival your position as fourth box cutter. <laughs> how, do you, how do you feel about that? You're going to come back and fight her? We're going to have issues. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> I could take him. Yeah, well, I, I reckon I'm up for that contest. There is a fourth box cutter. <laughs> Look, you know, I, 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 th- th- this contest has already been run and won previously, and I think you'll find that Marie Cardi went off tail between her legs to an uncertain future. I don't know what she's doing now, but she, she seems to have disappeared from view, her career in tatters. So let that be a warning to you. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's, that's a, a fair and, and good taunt. See, that's it. You'll never hear from her again. Yep. It's Mike there. Yep, fair enough. How are things in London town, James Talia? Things have been good. Things are busy. We've had a little bit of news going on uh, in uh, in these parts, not least the uh, appearance of the Olympic torch on London's streets yesterday. That was Sunday. Ooh. You may have seen some of the pictures where... Uh, was that you I saw with the, the fire extinguisher trying to put it out? Yeah, it was. It was. That was early on in the in the run of the torch. It had only been on the streets for a few minutes, and I guess I was just concerned that um, that nothing was going to happen, and, and and so I felt the need to try to generate a story. Because <laughs> there there is no story with the with the Olympic torch. It's the same thing all the time. The torch is there. It runs through the streets. Oh, look at that! It's it's fire, but it's moving. Well. Yeah, yeah, unless you've got people all the way along trying to grab it or put it out or uh, generally mess with it in one way or another, then there's pretty much a story. Well, yeah, did that happen? Well, yeah, it did. Because, you know, I... Sorry, James, I have to to preface that with... uh, or say after that. Uh, I've been in uh, comedy festival hell for the last three weeks and have seen absolutely no news whatsoever. So anything you say to me... Is is going to be said to me in complete ignorance? You're, you're like a blank slate. I really am. Right? Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. We put a man on Mars last week. NASA were very proud of that, Josh. Really? I'm surprised you weren't across it. Really? James had the exclusive. <laughs> you really got to watch the news. No um, idea. No, there, <laughs> it's red. It is a red planet. Um, there was uh, there was trouble with the torch. One fellow with a fire extinguisher tried to put it out, and then another guy somehow managed to slip through all the London police surrounding it and all the Chinese officials surrounding it and grab hold of it and and try to wrestle it from the person who was running with it at the time. Awesome. Who and, was it? Uh, who was holding it? 
Was that was that person was, Chaz Lichardello? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. It was. You're right. Um, it's all. It was all shot on uh, on handy cams. That was the only <laughs> the only pictures available of it. It was being held at the time by um, uh, a woman called Connie Huck, who is well, it wasn't until recently, and for for the past ten years, a presenter on Blue Peter, which is the longest running and most famous British kids TV show. Um, so she's kind of like a, um, a, a a younger version of, I don't know, Noni Hazelhurst. Um, and uh, and she was holding the torch at the time. She looked really quite surprised and had to very diplomatically say that it's understandable that people feel very strongly about China, but she wasn't expecting to be wrestled for the torch <laughs> as she was running with it. And it's lucky she had uh, those clag-infused hands to hold onto the torch from all those years of arts and crafts. <laughs> That's right. For the past 10 years, her producers have been telling her that that would come in handy one day, and they were right. And uh, and uh, you also, uh, today, this is uh, Monday, you filed a story about uh, how god-awful Melbourne's future, or maybe not future, ticketing system is going to be. Uh, yeah, that's right. We, I've been looking at uh, at the problems with the uh, public transport smart card in Melbourne the past couple of weeks. It's been delayed again by another three years. Um, they can't make it work. And I thought, as I was reading that story in the Herald Sun, well, I caught the tube today and I used a smart card to do it. How hard can it be? So that was the basis of the story. It's, it's we a went good and premise. The, um, the head of ticketing from Transport for London, where six million people a day use a smart card to uh, to get around on public transport. This is kind of in the vein of more special report type stories, which Nine's News in Melbourne is is running now on a Monday. They're fun, which seems to be working pretty well. They're teaching me to be a better person. I'm sorry. Some of those stories, they're they're good fun. Yeah. Stories like how to how to do your shopping better, how to fill up your car better. Oh, really? Um, well, are they the, are they the know, kind? We're, we're here to perform a public service, Anna, and okay. I think that very much um, falls into that category, doesn't it? How to how to do your shopping? Well, Channel Nine knows. They've told me, and I'm <laughs> taking note. See, um, that's uh, well. Well, what can I say about that? I, I, I'm I'm happy uh, with the thought that uh, the special report that I provided for them had a definite news angle to it. How about that? <laughs> that sounds good. Well, this this sounds like a, a mini Sunday piece almost. Like if you'd had three months to do this story instead of uh, a week, uh, that uh, you know it, it could be a, a real expose into into how much trouble. Melbourne's uh, growing well, and, and needing public transport is? Yeah, it's not quite straight news as we've always uh, understood it. Um, some people will argue that there's no place for that in our news bulletins, but it's, I mean, you see that sort of thing on the uh, on the American news bulletins and, and here on the British news bulletins as well. It's kind of, it's, it's a, it runs a little longer, it's a little more in-depth in and investigative and... Um, and maybe there is a place for that. It's just not something that, that we've necessarily been used to in Australia. You could also argue that that's what a current affairs meant to do only half an hour later. But really, I think it's a different ball game. It's a fair point, though. I mean, six million people that London get, gets through the tube every day. How many are we trying to cope with in Melbourne? Um, yeah, yeah, well... 25, well, um, I think, yeah. yeah, none. Uh, so... <laughs> 
<laughs> so there you go. And also, uh, there are dozens of other cities around the world that, that have a smart card. Hong Kong's had one operating since 1994. So I thought there was something relevant there. The, uh, doing. The, the cynical amongst us, James, and I, I don't know who that would be, the cynical amongst Can't us. Can't imagine. No, I would say that uh, Channel Nine's only doing these uh, special longer reports uh, kind of as an answer to Channel 7 having done them for, for some time now. Um. Well, you'd have to be really cynical to think that. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't imagine who amongst you would be that cynical. No, no, Brett. It was Brett. I, I, I think, obviously, it's fair to say that I, I think running this kind of thing on a Monday um, uh, gives the opportunity to run weekend promos, which is obviously... Um, <laughs> Desirable. Uh, pretty important in, in the current climate where uh, we're in a tough battle with Channel 7 and things are neck and neck and uh, any minor advantage which can be gained could prove very important. Well, that's that's true. And also, I, I think we, we have to remember that uh, although we, we you know like to, to hold up the news bulletins of old as the way news should be on television, television is changing. The, the television landscape is changing, the way we watch television is changing, and the way that we consume our news is changing as well. And I think uh, these longer interest stories uh, actually do have a place on a television news bulletin. Well, yeah, perhaps. And, and even even for those who don't think that sort of longer-form thing has a place in news bulletins, you'd, you'd have to concede that it's an evolutionary process. That certainly our news bulletins today look vastly different from what they did in the 50s and 60s. That's just the changing times and changing technology, and that's always going to be the case, that things will be changing and updating, and uh, and, and maybe this is just part of that. And, and historically, that, like... Those, those are the types of stories that were in the uh, current affairs shows, but uh, these days there is very little in the way of current affairs and current affairs shows. It's more about bitching about what the other channel's doing. Um, so there's no time for actual current affairs. So they've got to put it somewhere. News is as good as anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, well, well, as I said, my, my, I, I guess those who, who don't like this sort of thing would argue that the show that's on half an hour later is there to fill that, fill that gap or fill that need, but um, you could argue it either way. And there's, I mean, the the other, I suppose, that the fear that some people have is that uh, this is how the current affairs shows started, and then they, uh, well, denigrated, as far as I'm concerned, into uh, we, we've got to have uh, tits at least once a week stories, uh, and uh, and I'm sure people are worried that that's the road the news is going to go down as well. Well, but, yeah, I mean that. that there are people like you who do believe that to be the case, that perhaps Current Affair and Today Tonight um, uh, aren't quite living up to what they started out as, especially in the case of a Current Affair. I know that there is that view, but, you know, they're filling a niche. People are still watching them. Well, see, and and, that, and that's it, and that's, that's kind of my point as well. There are other avenues for news, and there are uh, other ways that people who want their news get their news now. Uh, so why not fill up the uh, the airtime with things that people will actually watch? Yeah, well, that's right. Well, you, you could go either way, definitely. And I have, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Have a bob each way. That's yeah. what I always do. It's safer. It really especially is. Especially on the Today Show. How uh, How's television in the UK at the moment, James? Well, there have been a, a couple of interesting uh, little events over the past, couple of weeks involving the BBC. Both of these caught my attention and I thought of you guys immediately because they are 
kind of curious. The first is that it's it's been announced that the BBC is sending 437 people to cover the Beijing Olympics. <laughs> what? <laughs> 437 that's a whole team. people, which is... Um, a larger number than the British Olympic team. <laughs> <laughs> but that would take in two TV channels and five radio uh, yes, stations. Yes, and right? that has to be taken into account. Um, but they, they have a lot of outlets, a lot of platforms that, they're, uh, that they have to provide content for. And obviously that's not just um, on-air staff, but uh, producers and technical personnel as well. But for those in this country who like to criticise the BBC for being wasteful and um, misspending the licence fee revenue, it's been a high point. Um, the, the, the number emerged because the BBC was forced to concede some of the paperwork had gone missing, that there'd been a break in, in an office somewhere in the BBC, and uh, where an office where the travel arrangements were being made, and um, the... Uh, personal details, including passports, addresses, bank account numbers, and a whole lot of other things um, for some of these BBC staff have been stolen and gone missing, and they still haven't been able to find them. And as part of that, it emerged that 437 BBC people are going to Beijing. The the, uh, corporation was quick to point out that it wasn't as bad as it looked because they'll be flying economy. Um, I'm it's, not sure. I'm it, not sure that gets them off the hook. But anyway, uh, if they're flying sure economy they're, um, on China Air, then maybe. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. But I think you can be fairly sure they'll be flying BA. Yes. Um, and uh, and <laughs> so so that's all been fairly humorous. It is very much grist to the mill for those who think the BBC is, is flabby in everything it does and, and inefficient. The second thing that happened with the BBC just in the past week, and I, I find this one particularly interesting, is that they've been criticised by Kevin Spacey, who... Is, is he still uh, at the Globe Theatre? It's the old Vic. Right, the old Vic. The, the old Vic Theatre. So, obviously, apart from being a fantastic Oscar-winning film actor, he's also the artistic director of the old Vic Theatre here in London. He's on a 10-year contract and he's become quite the notable personage around London. He's always popping up doing doing things. Um, and I, I found this a really interesting one as well. For the past couple of years, the BBC has been running reality shows in conjunction with Andrew Lloyd Webber. And the first of these was called How Do You Solve a Problem Like Maria? And it's a reality show designed to uncover a new musical theatre star. In this case, they wanted to find a new Maria for The Sound of Music. And we did the same thing here. It was a revival production of The Sound of Music about to begin in the West End, and whoever won this TV show was going to become the new Maria in the West End. Mm-hmm. Since then, they followed up with Any Dream Will Do, where they found a new Joseph. <laughs> and they're now doing one based on Oliver, where they're looking for three young kids to take turns playing Oliver in the West End and a Nancy as well. Now, Kevin Spacey made an interesting point, and that is that uh, it's meant to be public service broadcasting without advertising, but that really these are just weeks and weeks of um, free kick advertising for upcoming shows in the West End being put on by Andrew Lloyd Webber, who's hardly short of a quid, and he felt that uh, it was not what the BBC should be doing. 
saying that uh, there's been no um, no version of it to cast someone for a theatrical play rather than a musical. So as artistic director of the old Vic, he's feeling a bit hard done by. Um, I don't know what you guys think about that. Is he is he whinging too much or is it a fair point? I, I think it's a fair point well made. Uh, but I hate Andrew Lloyd Webber. So well, I, so do I. So I'm predisposed to, to loathe anything he does. But maybe Spacey does have a fair point. Do the BBC responded by saying that they regard it more as a, a broad promotion of musical theatre in the West End, which, of course, is world-famous and a huge tourist draw to London, and not just... Um, specific advertising for these particular shows, but I think that's difficult to justify. Do you think, James, that Kevin Spacey would welcome a reality TV crew into his uh, theatre? Yeah, well, that's the other thing, isn't it? I can't imagine. turned around to Kevin Spacey tomorrow and said, we're going to have a camera follow you around 24 hours a day for the next 10 weeks. I'm not sure how he'd feel about that. Mm. Now, uh, while we're on the uh, the, the BBC, James, what is this uh, malarkey about uh, licence fees being distributed via the commercial networks as well. Have, have you sorry, had... sorry, say that again. Well, there's, uh, there's this thing in, in the UK at the moment that uh, people are, are saying that the BBC's licence fee should be shared amongst the commercial networks as well as the BBC. Yeah, there's, there's always debate about the licence fee. There's, people are always unhappy about it. Um, and <laughs> there's always someone floating a new idea or two about how it should be abolished or better spent or shared out amongst others. It's unlikely to happen ever. Um, the, the fact that they still have... You still have to buy a licence to own and watch a television in this country really shows how anachronistic it is. If it's still in place, chances are it won't shift. It serves a political need for the government because it means they that, that money just goes straight to the BBC and they don't have to have as much haggling over what's coming out directly out of the government's budget, say, the way the ABC is funded. So I can't see any changes to that being made. But <laughs> this is why the ABC gets itself into strife, sending 437 people to Beijing because people who pay their 130 quid a year to watch television, um, of all things, uh, want to make sure that that money's spent properly. Right. Right, so this is this this is more about other commercial networks getting a piece of the television license, the, like the the television ownership license fee, because it, it, yeah. it wasn't clear in the uh, in in the article I read. I thought it was the broadcasting license fee, and that the commercial networks would have to pay for part of that. But uh, oh, what you're I saying, I see what you mean. No, I, I I haven't heard anything about that. What you're saying actually makes a lot more sense. So uh, maybe Variety just got their story mixed up. Right, potentially. Yeah, the the commercial broadcasters, I guess, would pay a a licence fee to the government to broadcast, as the Australian commercial broadcasters do as well. But um, uh, I'm not sure if it's used for anything specific or or if it just goes straight into consolidated revenue. That that one's passed me by. Well, and and also, if uh, if the UK is anything like uh, Australia, it's always going to be a, a case of the opposition calling for different regulations yeah. on the public broadcaster. That, that's, that's right, exactly. Now, uh, we, we've got a, a couple of minutes left, James, and Brett is pounced and smirking like a <laughs> Cheshire cat. <laughs> I, don't my surprise. I don't understand why you guys expected this out of me, but, you know, given that it's expected, I, I always have to come up with something. Um, <laughs> 
Now, uh, I'm, I'm not expecting it with any great sense of, oh, good, I can't wait for, you know, what Brett's got this month. It's just I know you, so there's going to be something. Now, James, how hard is how hard is it with an employee to give them uh, three warnings before you uh, actually sack them uh, as required by uh, um, industrial relations uh, law? I don't know. What are you referring to? Uh, well, it seems Brad Schmidt uh, got called into Ian Cook's office and told he was no longer needed, um, even though he's on staff, not on contract. And uh, he's talking to uh, the same legal counsel that uh, Christine Spateri is working with at the moment about uh, his apparently solid, grounded, unfair dismissal claim. Yeah, I, I, I read that story. Um it's, uh, I, look, I don't, well, <laughs> apart from the fact that I'm not going to step into the legal minefield, um, uh, obviously I, I, I know what's going on with Schmitty and that he's no longer with us. I don't know much more about it than that. I haven't particularly heard anything that's gone on behind the scenes as far as scuttle, but um, I don't know if he's been issued with warnings. If he had been, I don't know what it would have been for, um, and I choose not to speculate about that. I... Look, I don't know what the reasons behind it were. Um, Schmitty's a really lovely fella, and you know he's been with Nine twenty five years. Mm. Something's obviously gone on there, as far as management's concerned. Uh, as I say, I'm not going to speculate about what that might be, but um, uh, I wish him all the best for the future. Well, yeah, and, the and line from the uh, the Channel Nine source was uh, they told him they were going for a fresh look, and he wasn't going to be part of it. Oh, okay. Well, I, I don't know. The other thing is, again, we have to bear in mind at this stage that that um, uh, these these when these things happen, and from what I've seen of the coverage of this at this point, most of it is being driven from one direction only, and and so I'm not sure that we actually have any firm version of the network's take on it. Um, and uh, just just be aware that maybe a lot of what you're reading is is perhaps um, his version of events or his lawyer's version of events. So, some would argue as well, James, that uh, with a name like Schmidt, he might be better suited to a job at SBS. <laughs> <laughs> it was only a matter of time before you went for that button, Josh. Yeah, yeah. it really was. It really was. <laughs> James Talia calling all the way from London. Thank you so much for joining us on Box Cutters once again. It's- my pleasure, as always. We Take look forward care. to speaking to you next month. That didn't sound too healthy, didn't it? A oh, little, little bit, a uh, little bit burpy. Sounded a bit was, burpy. Was that you? No, that was burping into the microphone. <laughs> no, you just swig no. down your Pepsi Max. I do love my Pepsi Max. They're not even a sponsor. I heard some worrying news about Nano Tech in foods. Ooh, I heard that too, and I today. I sat there thinking, what's a Nano? Particle or whatever they were talking about. Yeah. What? What? I what started. I started worrying about something I didn't even know it had existed. That doesn't even need any. Any. Uh, um, you should be worried. What? What am I? Again, I haven't seen any news in the last. What is this? Like the Mars thing? No, no. It's, it's like <laughs> this is na- the, nanoparticles of fish oil and and silver and. It's stuff the latest like that, thing to kill you. Oh Get right, the program. it hasn't been tested on humans, and and yeah. what, and so that's and, and so and so and the food manufacturers don't actually have to uh, declare when the, this nanotechnology is in the foods because the foods themselves, like fish oil, have already been approved uh, to be used in foods, and not just not just food, sunscreen, sunscreen that goes on clear, um, full of it, full of them, riveting as this is, <laughs> more to do with television, nothing, logies. Logies. What have we got on the Logies? The nominations have been announced. The nominations were announced this morning. They are a 
blend of old and new. We have the usual suspects for the Gold Logie nomination. Uh, Ro- Rovick Manus. Yep. Uh, Sally from Home and Away. Yep. Kate Ritchie. Kate Ritchie. Oh, it's so Kate Ritchie and Sally from Home and Away. <laughs> <laughs> we have John Wood. We In don't. what? No, we don't. What? John Wood? No John Wood. Oh, no, not John Wood. Because <laughs> what? He hasn't been in anything. Hold on. Uh, John Lisa Howard. McCune. Oh, John Howard. And what? Lisa, Lisa McCune. Lisa McCune oh. for yeah. a fantastic Lisa role McCune for Navy Seabot. XO. They just love her and they can't get enough of her. Well, and she was named after a spicy sauce. Even in a completely unflattering boiler suit. Yeah. They, they can't get enough of her. But the good news is a couple of new people who are supposedly bringing a bit of cred to the Logies. Right. This year, the gold Logie noms. Uh, were Chris Lilly for Summer Heights High, which is, Excellent. I'd say, a fair call, and Adam Hills. Really? Adam Hills for Gold Logie? We love Adam Hills. As well as uh, Denton. <laughs> Has Denton been nominated before? Uh, no, so Denton. hang on, is there seven people? And? Oh, that's, there's thousands. I think it's Natalie about eight. Blair. Who is Natalie, Natalie Blair? Blair? Natalie Blair is the girl from Neighbours. I, th- oh, I think she's Carmella. She's, okay. is that her? That's- yeah. Yeah, Ko- I don't know. Koala. I've actually never watched a full episode of Neighbours. Go on, never liar. Ever. Not in twenty-five years. I, I tried. I, I was. Uh, I was going for a, a writing position on, on Neighbours, and so sat down and, and tried to to watch like two weeks of, of Neighbours and taped it all, so that I thought, well, it'd be easier if I can get it over and done with. And uh, good attitude to go to inter- go into an interview. <laughs> sat down and uh, and started to watch it, and just went. I can't do this and didn't get the job, which is just as well because I, I couldn't do it. Mm. I couldn't do it. I couldn't respect it. you for that. Uh, so so that's uh, that's eight people nominated for the Gold Globe. It's eight people nominated. Now, Adam Hills was at the press conference. It was a breakfast. Right. Adam Hills said he thinks that um, a couple of fresh faces got in because of the online voting system. Right. Which I think was a fair point. That would bring a few younger uh, younger people in. They're probably a pretty young but crowd have also, anyway. Have they also kind of dropped uh, the the number of votes that anybody needs to be nominated for a gold logie? Uh, They've completely below, changed below the voting system is my understanding. It's all brand new. It's all brand new. Have you figured spanky. out how to rot it? Do I care enough to – I'm sorry. I, 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 I will. I'll okay. figure it out by next week. All right. All right. I'll let you know. Um, yeah, Adam Hill says he thinks it should be a cage fight and last person standing should win. Right. Of course, because he's got a secret weapon, he would suggest a cage fight. Well, some, some would say it's his secret weapon. Some would say it's his Achilles heel, Brett. Just unstrap his uh, strap on and... And push him over. Whack him over Easy the done. It. Easy done. Uh, so what his about leg. the... Uh, his leg, I'm talking about. <laughs> what about the awards we care about? The, uh, the, the uh, Pierre-nominated awards, uh, most, uh, most respected actor or whatever that's called. Best, best actor in a series, best actress in a series... Uh, so not the most popular ones, but the most best. outstanding. Most outstanding, thank most you. Most outstanding actor Stephen Curry for The King. Yeah. Uh, Don Haney from East West 101. Chris Excellent. Lilly from Summer Heights High, and William McInnes twice, once for East West 101 and Curtin. <sighs> William McInnes. The first few he's were alright. He's not. He, he was. He's there was a, a time. Actor. There was a time. That time is not anymore. Do you think Chris Lilly will just win everything? Probably. All right, well, why bother watching? Most Outstanding Actress, uh, Diane Chris Glenn Lilly. from Satisfaction, Chris Lilly from Summer Heights High, Claudia Carvin from Love My Way, Asha Ketty, Love My Way, Victoria Thane from Rain Shadow. Rain? Was, was that the Rachel Ward thing that we completely Oh, that no one, no one watched? Yeah. Uh, when I say no one watched, I mean none no of one. us watched. 
But uh, I think lots of people in their uh, 60s did oh, and quite liked it. And Alison White from uh, Satisfaction. Oh, excellent. See, that's... Making up for the uh, lack of a nomination for Frontline. And this is, this, this is the thing about the Logies. Yes, there's, there's the popularity aspect to it, but the, the most outstanding actually does quite well, I think. I think the most outstanding is a, a very good indication of what has been good on television during the year. And I say that this year because those names are a good indication of what's been good during but the year. But uh, It's always a small pool, regardless. Well, yes. So it can't be that hard. Well, you know, it's good to see an SBS show getting a nom. Yeah. I think that's uh, that's always nice. Good to see ABC personalities being nominated for Gold Logies. Yeah. I think uh, I think the Logies are changing, and, uh, and it is going to be very interesting to see how they change throughout the years. This is the first step of many. What do you think of the no-host format? What? Doesn't really worry me. There's no, there's no host. There's no particular host. People will just wander on. Oh, really? Mm. Yes. That, no, Last so year they tried unsuccessfully five hosts. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Or three or five. I remember there was Fifi Box. There was Adam Hills, a couple of others. Very, very bad. That just failed. That was dismal. They should just get someone, one decent person. Just get, you know. Commit to them. Red Simons. Sean McAuliffe. Sure. Get someone who looks good. In a suit. Who's funny. Who's funny and, uh, and can say, that was This Is. Yeah. That's where, all you where, need. Where's McAuliffe's nomination? Uh, Why has he been snubbed once again? I'm so angry about that. One, uh, one nomination s- per SBS. And because there's only one SBS, they only get one nomination. <laughs> <laughs> would he have been eligible? He, he would have. McAuliffe, yeah, he would have been. For Newstopia. Newstopia last. Yeah. So it was last year? Yeah. Darn. Um, he would have been eligible. Do you uh, watch it? Yeah, I do. There's no, uh, there's no most outstanding comedy series, no anything like that. I completely forget what the uh, w- what the categories are. Light entertainment chases war and everything. Catherine Kim speaks and speaks. Summer Heights High. Thank God you're here. Uh, sports, popular new reality, factual lifestyle, Australian drama. Maybe it's in there. No. Uh, <laughs> drama. Wait, outstanding wait, wait. Did I did I leave it in the car? Did, where could it? Oh. News coverage, most outstanding public affairs report, outstanding documentary, factual series, comedy program. Chases war and everything. Catherine Kim, Summer Heights High. Thank God you're here in Wilfred. Only one. Wilfred. Only one what? difference there between light entertainment. Wilfred. Again, not funny. Wilfred just wasn't funny. I didn't mind Wilfred. It was like, like it was good. It wasn't funny. It was stupid it had times funny. Of funniness. Uh, I don't know. I, times I, of humour. I found it. I found it quite sad. But no, nothing yeah. for Newstopia. Ah, uh, horrible. I mean, well, that's even, it. No, even that's, that chick no. from Kick on SBS got the uh, got nominated for the Graham Kennedy Award for most outstanding new talent. Oh really? Well, yeah. she was quite good. That was a horrible show. Oh, you're a horrible show. Uh, Brett, what were some of the nominees for the current affairs section? Current affairs? Or just the programs or the reporters? Uh, the public affairs reports, Big Sting, 60 Minutes, Final Call, Four Corners. Uh-huh. Would that have been about alcoholism or something? Don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, Hicks on Trial Insight, SBS. Rwanda, Questions of Murder, Dateline, SBS. And Somewhat Meaning in This Life, Belinda Emmett's Australian Story. Oh, oh. okay. That's so a- it's, it's, it's more newsy. That's yeah, yeah. Good. It works out. I think I think the Lokis is uh, is always an interesting slice of of how Australian television is in that particular year. Do you watch it? Yes, yes. In fact, I was at a Lokis uh, party last year, and 
everyone else was just like enjoying free booze and uh, is, I was scribbling a, notes I was at an, with uh, your nose pressed up against the screen. I was at an, uh, an industry party a, a production company had, had put on and everybody else was, was chatting and, and drinking and eating party pies and, and what have you. Oh, was, and yeah, and I was just watching the screen the whole was, time. Was that with uh, one of the shows on the network you used to work? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Right. I was apparently, I, uh, I used to own uh, Channel 10. Started off that I, I just worked for a, a company. Swept the floors in the kitchen. And then just made my way up. Okay, question three. Which can Are all these going to be about war? No. I got loads of... I got one on tennis, one on the Suez Canal. Loads. Okay, question three. Which canal links the Mediterranean with the Red Sea? Suez Canal. Anyway. Anyway. Right? Yes. I got a quiz question right. Yeah. Th- awesome. Not- What's the difference between me and Boxcutter's listeners? Uh, you didn't actually answer the proper quiz question. You just answered the question. That quiz question. That was uh, on the uh, card. On the intro. That, yeah. yeah. That d- but we've never had anybody answer it. It's because it's a... Anyway. <sighs> what's going on? Anyway. It's quiz time. It's quiz time. It's giveaway time. Last week's question. Giving away for, for those that are with the video podcast. There is no video podcast. You'll see this fan- no video podcast. If I move it around, you'll but see like this fantastic But I like that he's making camera- the moves. Camouflage uh, crumpler bag. Crumpler yes, messenger stop bag. Me. All it's doing is making noises on the... What? That way it works for the audio podcast as well. It's, oh. <laughs> it's in a plastic bag. It's, oh, don't fondle it like that. It's disgusting. Some listener has to use it. <laughs> Oh, now they've got all your fondling over it. That's what the it's plastic horrible. bag on the outside's for. It's not for fondling. <laughs> no. no. To protect it from... Anyway, the, uh, the the prize this week goes to no one because no one answered the question correctly. We've got loads of entries in. And we, we thought something like this might have happened. Yes, and, uh, and, and no one got it right. Everybody wants to know. It's killing us. Uh, so, We're not going to tell them, though. So, no, 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 no. We're no. going to hold it over for another week. So, so, so can we you, tell who it's not? No, we really? can't. But what we can say is if you've already entered, if you've already entered, your entry is incorrect and you are eligible to enter again. You are? Yes. All right. So if you entered last week, your entry is incorrect and you are eligible to enter again. I also have some clues for you. The question, I'll repeat the question, was which Australian actor, I think it may have even been Melbourne actor, Mm. appeared on one night within a period of three hours on three different networks. Are they, are they really a Melbourne actor? I believe so. <laughs> so Was that, it Harold? It... No, no it's, it's not Harold. Okay. Uh, Does that mean has, I Has appeared I in enter? many, many Melbourne productions. Ha- have we given away the sex? Uh, yes, it is a male actor. Uh-huh. Uh, appeared on one night... On three different networks, on three first-run television shows, totaling four episodes, mm-hmm. which means that one of them is a double episode. They were all first-run, and they were all on different networks within three hours of each other. Networks. So, like, seven, nine, and ten. Well, here come the clues now. One of them was on Foxtel. Well, nobody would would have been watching that. So, people watched it. People watched it, Brett. So, one of them was on Foxtel, and I will tell you that it was at the start of December last year. So, it was 
You're really making them work for this crumpler bag. Yeah. It's a good one. It's a good crumpler bag. It is a good one. I said last week, this thing is worth like 150 bucks, Anna. We're giving it away. The camouflage is so effective, I can't even see it right now. It's because... But if, if it's only the shimmering off the plastic, yeah, shimmering off the plastic, which again shimmers a little bit too much because of Brett's fondling. <laughs> so it's it, it is a great prize, and people yes have to work for they have it. To work for it. Uh, so it is it is not anyone you've already answered. So send your entries to hooray at boxcutters.net. That's pretty tough. Do you want another clue? Yeah. It was Wednesday, December the fifth, two thousand and seven. That's more like it. And it wasn't who I had in mind when I first no. read the question. No. Can it, I tell them who I had in mind? No, you can't. Okay. <laughs> but a lot of people answered to that same person. They did. And they were wrong. Yeah. So it was Wednesday, December the 5th, oh, 2007. Now, so, so it was last year. So that means Underbelly wasn't on TV as yet. Correct. Mm, interesting. Which so, cuts out uh, nearly everyone in Australian <laughs> drama. Only... Uh, no, because they don't have to have not been on Underbelly. They could have been on Underbelly, but also been on these three shows. Oh yeah. Well, as so, long if it's not Harold, I give up. Right. Well, it's not. It's not Harold. All right. It's not. So send your entries to hooray at boxcutters dot net. It's a good question. Mm. It's it's a great question, and you can thank Kathy all the way from Cal. This isn't even an Australian listener who came up with this question. California in the United States, came up with this question. Very good, I have to say. Uh, so, yes. I wonder if it's because she's a fan of this particular actor. Well, I don't know. If, if there's something less than above board going on. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's part of a, a stalking routine. That's, maybe there's a reason why she's all the way over in California. Maybe, maybe the, the judge told her she couldn't be within 2,000 miles. Maybe you're just making too, stu- too much stuff up now, Brad. Okay. Maybe. Uh, so, yes, I almost just said who it was. Send us your, your answer to hooray at boxcutters.net. If nobody gets it this week, we will hold it off until next week, and I'll give you even easier clues. But I've given you the night of the week, so it should be pretty easy to, to work out from here on. Or maybe we'll just give it to the person that has the most guesses. Hooray at boxcutters.net. Send us your entries, and uh, and hopefully it will, uh, it will be correct. Hey, um, when I cast my pod it's with the box cutters in mind box cutters pod cast done pork is on the table no pork oh, good okay that brings so us to the pork. end of uh, box cutters episode it's what? pork city really yeah pork city what's uh, going on <laughs> nbc on their schedule for the 2008 2009 uh, season has neglected to add Scrubs to the list there. Oh. So uh, quite possibly we'll but, be seeing ooh, that on but, ABC over in the US. Because, but, but what about uh, NBC going, we want to show it, we want to show it, we want to show it? No, I think that was just, we've got first dibs, we've got first dibs. Oh. They didn't really care about the show, they just wanted to, they to just wanted first dibs. about the contract. Yeah. Uh, you want a lolly? Uh, I licked it there. Do you still want it? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, Larry Emder apparently is firming as the favourite to take over Daryl Summers' role on Star Dancers as oh, host. That's, that's great. That's um, shit. They should just give like the Larry? job to Sonia Kruger. Well, yes, but Larry Emder's a great host. Fine, but she's they irreplaceable give... out the back though with her little diamond. Oh, studded, out the back where studded, she belongs. Uh, microphone. No, no, she comes out and snuggles up next to Daryl. Oh, I think she could do it. 
I'm sure she could do it. I don't think her Q rating would be up that high. Her Q rating? Yeah. What's her Q rating? The, the Q, Q rating is, uh, is, is this thing that they, they send out a booklet to, to people at home and it lists a whole lot of uh, famous people. No, but the people at home don't know. You have to tell them. Tell them what? What they like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is, is that how things work at MX? <laughs> oh, yes. right. Uh, next. <laughs> See, if you've been writing enough articles saying how great Sonia Kruger Yeah, was. I think it's your fault, Anna. Maybe. It's your fault. Uh, so, look, you know, Larry Amder is a great host. But yes, Larry's good. That brings to mind, why not have Larry host the Logies? He's another person who he's could do it. He's a bit boring. What do you mean he's a bit boring? He has no material. He's a fantastic host. Actually, you are right, Brett. He's a nice guy. Yeah. He's not a funny meanie. You need a funny meanie. You need a Denton or a McAuliffe or someone who can who can take the piss. I think I think if Larry Emder came out with you know like a fingering joke or something, you would think <laughs> it was hilarious because it's unexpected. If he got up on the logies and he was a little bit nasty, you'd think it was way better than Denton or McAuliffe being a little bit nasty because you'd expect them to. I think uh, I think Emder could do a wonderful job. Pete Smith doing some blue stuff. <laughs> I'm not saying doing blue. I'll just say you know being a little bit out of uh, what you'd expect. That's that's what I'm saying. How? Why not just Pete Smith? Well, yeah, Pete. Well, I, you know what? I don't think Pete Smith can really be asked doing it. Mm-hmm. That's. Uh, Have you asked Pete Smith? I reckon he might put his hand up. I don't. I don't think he would. Can we get him in and uh, we'll ask him on air? Oh, well, I'll, I'll try. Okay, excellent. Uh, pencil that one into the diaries. Uh, the series Canal Road, uh, which is to start on the Nine Network on April 16, will be available this before a, it goes to air. This sounds a lot like news, Brad. <clears throat> just a, just a lot like pork? news you couldn't get into the news. <laughs> the first two episodes available on April 7 and episodes 3 and 4 on April 14, two days before uh, the first episode goes to air it, over the free-to-air network. It, uh, it, it has the same it kind of want. tone of, of news. This after uh, Channel 9. Uh, same syncopation. Saying that, were, saying that they were going to take legal action against people torrenting underbelly. Well, and, Interesting. And, yeah, well... I, Channel 9. We already said that's, you know, it's the future of how, of how television is going to be distributed. This is how things get known throughout the world. And it's, it's only going to improve their international sales. Sony BMG. Uh, well known for their anti-piracy. Uh, yes, they are. Ex- extents on uh, on CDs with rootkits and the like. As uh, their officers in France have been discovered to have pirated versions of software installed on their computers. Nice one. Um, up to half of the software that. Uh, the company uses may have been unlawfully installed. Does this sound just like news stories to you? <laughs> just sounds like news stories he couldn't fit into pork. Have you heard anything about the Office spinoff? US yes. Office spinoff? I heard that they're doing have you one. Any details? Uh, no details. No Got details some? yet. But no? there's something coming up. Yeah, see, again, we don't get it. Like, why? Why, why, why just keep doing spinoffs? This is what I don't get. I did... I, I, where are the original ideas? I did like one of the lines in this article. NBC have been trying to think of a premise for an office spin-off for a year, but haven't come up with an idea yet. <laughs> <laughs> that is good. That is good. Is that it? Is that, is that all you've got? That's all I've got. That's all the news that you've waited until that the end of the show to, to, to give out. Anna, any pork? No pork. No pork. Well, that no brings pork. us to the end 
of Box Cutters episode 127. I Next wanna say, week, I want to see you pork it up. I'll pork it up. I want to say thanks very much to James Talia for calling us all the way from London. He'll be back with us in a month. I want to say thanks also to Crumpler, our giveaway sponsors, who are excellent to us and excellent to you. If you know the answer to this week's quiz, which is also the answer to last week's quiz... Hooray at boxcutters.net. Get us your entries by 4pm Australian Eastern Standard Time next Monday afternoon. That's Monday the 14th. Or else it'll be the answer to next week's quiz. Yeah, that's right. So get us the correct answer by next Monday the 14th of April and you could win yourself a crumpler bag. I also want to say thanks to three... Are you going to do the music, Brett? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, oh, something's missing. I also want to say thanks to 3RRR, whose studios we use for recording at this podcast each and every week. And at the moment, uh, if you're a local listener to the station, uh, but not a subscriber, April Amnesty's on. They've, they've got uh, great presents and stuff going on. Presents. Prizes. Prizes. Prizes, prizes for people that subscribe during the month of April. Uh, so not only will you subs- uh, support fantastic public radio, but you can also get some booty for yourself. You can check them out on the web at rrr.org.au. I want to say thanks to Anna Brain for joining us as replacement box cutter. You- you've done a very good job. Thanks, guys. Uh, I also want to say if you enjoy this podcast, please go into the iTunes Music Store. And, and thanks for those who have written reviews yes, on there. It's uh, a, a it's great response. Nice and. And your reviews will help other people find the podcast, so you're really sharing the love. And, and why not just, you know, bung a couple of episodes on a, on a CD and hand to someone, say, listen to this, because that's also a good way. Give it to your mama. Oh. Why did you have to turn it into something dirty, Brad? That's not dirty at all. Give it to your mama. No, it was the way Give you it to yours. said it. Yeah. I have given it to my... It was the way you said it. Now, that's that's right. Until next week, let's just get out of here. Until next week, my name is Josh Canal. And a brain. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters, even though it's a bit scratchy. Catch us again next week, same bat time, same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. 